Hello and welcome to Brewers Talk, the Burton Albion podcast uh, from the Burton Mail. Uh, hope you're well. I'm Josh Murray, joined on the eve of Burton Albion's trip to Ipswich Town by Richard Cusack. Richard, how are you doing? Yeah, good afternoon, Josh. Yeah, very good. Um, very glad to be back uh, doing a podcast. Yeah, long long overdue. There's been a few issues uh, on our end to uh, to sort out to, to get the uh, get the podcast coming back out for you. Uh, but here we are, we're back. Um, so obviously in the coming weeks, as we've done before, we'll be looking to uh, to sort of welcome in your questions, um, any queries you've got, any sort of uh, brewer's musings that you want to get in touch about, please do, as ever, the usual uh, channels via Twitter, at Burton Albion BM, at Joshua Murray BM, and uh, at Richard Cusack BM. Um, and uh, again, we're going to sort of try and get a bit, bit more fan involvement because this is obviously a podcast for you, Burton Albion fans. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll move quickly on. Uh, Rich, plenty to, to fit in as ever ahead of the Ipswich game. Um, I mean, it's February the 7th as we're recording this, so it's a little bit after the Lord Mayor's show, but we'll quickly sort of uh, think back over over the Brewers' January business. Um, and I suppose it was a month really of, of streamlining the squad in, in many ways for Nigel Clough. Um, three players coming into the Pirelli Stadium, um, all on loan deals. Eight players leaving, uh, that includes three uh, sort of loanees who return to their parent clubs. Um, it's obviously a, a smaller squad, but but Nigel Clough feeling that he's he's added quality and Darren Bent, Martin Samson and, and Jacob Davenport, the, the three to come through the door. No, I think um, the January recruitment was actually really sort of um, like you say they've, they've obviously identified positions in the squad where they want to in, in, want to get players of a better quality in there and have more of an impact. Um, Jacob Davenport, we'll talk about him in a little bit more detail later on. Darren Bent goes about saying, doesn't it? And Martin Samuelson, who. Um, Albeit in a in the middle of the thrashing at Fulham, he stood out a couple of times, and he looks sort of an important player going forward. If you're going to have someone like Darren Bent up there up front, you need to get the ball to him, and he looks like he can certainly have he can certainly do just that. And as I say, Davenport will touch on, but he was he was sensational um, at Villa on Saturday. Absolutely, had an insight in, into all three so far. As you say, Samuelson made his debut. He was the f- the first one in, sort of in the middle of January. He had his debut in that. Uh, that six 0 thrashing at Fulham, where yeah, as you say, he sort of stood out in what was a really poor, uh, poor performance, poor afternoon for the Brewers. Then Darren Bent came in on the on the twenty fifth of January, um, obviously a huge coup for the Brewers. Nigel Clough saying that he was sort of uh, Burton's primary target in the month. He'd spoken about him before and how they were, uh, you know, inquired about him, but they expected they did have better offers or whatever. And and uh, ultimately, Clough saying at the end that the, that the reason Bent came is because he wanted to come, and and that obviously says a lot uh, about the player and about Burton as well. Um, and then, as we say, Davenport, the, the last one in, I mean, and again, 90 minutes is all we've seen of him so far in that Villa game, but very, very promising. Touch more on, on Bent, though, Rich, because as you see, you know, he was sort of the, the marquee signing, if you will, um, former England international, one of only, I think, 26, 27 players to have scored more than 100 goals in the Premier League. Obviously, out the pitch a little bit at Derby, hadn't played it all season for Derby because of an injury. Um, that Maybe the the slight worry that he hasn't got many games under his belt this season, but ultimately his quality, his experience, that sort of striker's instinct in front of goal is why Burton have got what, him in. What you're hoping with Ben is, that regardless of how many games he's played or whatever, you're hoping it'll only take a couple, two or three games. Obviously, yeah. he's. I think Nigel Clough said it in press on Wednesday morning that we're going to see how he is. He's going to train a little bit later on in the week. That's always a risky run when you get a player in who's not played a competitive game since was it April for, for Derby, April May yeah, time last year, back in the last season, something like that. But again. You know, like you just touched on there, Josh. You're hoping he'll, he'll hit the ground running. He didn't have the he didn't have the easiest of times against Reading because I think they, they've not had much, too much time on the training ground with him to try and adapt to the way that Ben likes his likes his ball, which is he likes to run play the channels. He's not like Lucas Aikens or even sort of Marvin Sordell to an extent where you can ask him to play a bit back to goal. He likes to run run the channels and likes to get the ball slipped in between the defenders. So 
it remains to be seen how they're going to sort of um, work it out with him up front. But what we did see against Reading, albeit in a, a pretty dismal um, performance from Burton, was that Ben is willing to get him, put himself about and try and find the ball if he's not going to be able to get it put into him. Fact is, isn't it? You know what, what Burton have lacked this season is sort of that killer instinct in front of goal. The amount of times Nigel Clough has said, um, and obviously we'll get on to him in a minute, Liam Boyce, but he said, oh, you know, we, we were looking at Liam Boyce sat in the stands and thinking, oh, how many would he, he have got if he'd been on the pitch? Well, uh, Darren Bench sort of another one of those figures who, in and around the box, you feel if he gets a sniff, the ball will hit the back of the net. And I think he even said it, didn't he, Clough, on Wednesday, that um, even Darren Bent at Villa had his head in his hands a couple of times because well, yeah, a couple of chances went back. A couple of chances, one from Lloyd Dyer, one from Lucas Aikens early on, but where you think if you get someone like Bent or Boyce, someone who's brief very marksman that's their game is to score goals and to get get put those opportunities in the back of the net you just wonder you're just wondering don't you aren't you but um should the chances arise you're hoping they'll be able to stick them in the back of the net indeed that's that's why Darren Burke was brought in and as you say I suppose Martin Samuelson and Jacob Davenport more brought in to to create those chances Samuelson as you say sort of that offers that attacking threat and then Davenport we saw pull the strings really a little bit you know a deeper line midfielder his first league start 19 years old in front of 33,000 people at Aston Villa um, and well both yourself and, and me we both sort of gushed about the performance haven't we really but he's one who, who I suppose you know can create opportunities in a different way because he sort of brings other players into into the game and I, th- I think that's the most important thing you bring a midfielder in like him you might be thinking well they've got centre midfielders they've got the likes of him Luke Murphy, Tom Naylor, Hopak Pan, Jamie Allen, Joe Sabara can play there. But like you just touched on there, Davenport's a different kind of player. He can bring players into the game. There are a number of times where he's, he, his ability to find the pass to the next man, release, release players like Akpan and Naylor further up the pitch yeah. and allow them to go and do their thing. When you've got a player like that who, like you say, can sort of find the space a little bit easier than other players can, then that just that, that, that opens up. It's a completely different ball game, so to speak. Then because you've got a player who can genuinely get you on the front foot quicker mm. than you have been able to do before. Yeah, we showed that. Like you say, showed that sort of against Villa. There was the odd pass which went astray, but Nigel Clough said, "Well, we want to keep giving them the ball. If he, you know, those passes will go astray, but we just want him to try the same pass again and, and for and it to the, come off." And that's the thing, isn't it? You you you, you don't want him to be under, un, unnerved by that, and and, and he wasn't. Mm. Yeah, there's a couple yeah. of passes early on and you're thinking oh he might retreat into a shell a little bit look for the easier pass look for the absolutely. sideways or backwards none of that yeah. absolutely none of that kept wanting to go forward and that was one of the more positive I used the word positive in terms of going forward wanting to get on the front foot one of the more positive displays I've seen from a, from a player this season really yeah. when you when you think about the the willingness to sort of get Burton on the front foot and that's without even taking into account it was his first um, professional start in the first team yeah. of, a, of, a, of a match you know yeah. Um, I mean, it's, like you said as well. I think you said sort of in, in your in your think piece the other day about the fact that he actually played alongside four different players in that central midfield because of the way that injuries and, and you know circumstance. You know, Tom Naylor, Hopak Pan, Jamie Allen, and Luke Murphy were all in alongside him at some point. So, you know, that showed maturity as well to to sort of keep ticking over even when he was playing alongside different players. Um, so there's your, there's your sort of your incomings. We've touched a little bit on Samerson before as well, and, and what he'll bring. He was out of the Villa game with flu, uh, but should be back for the Ipswich game. Uh, Darren Bent also missed the Villa game through injury again. Hopefully, uh, he could be back for for the trip to Portman Road. They were the three in eight, as we said, left. The first three were those three loanees: Joe Mason, Connor Ripley, um, and uh, and Sean Scanner, which we've we've touched upon before. Um, Obviously, the frustration, well, not the frustration, I suppose the, the issue being that through various circumstances, injuries, illness, lack of form, inconsistency and whatever else, none of that three sort of quite made the impact that they'd have liked to have done. Frustration, you're right, it's not the right word. I think the, the correct phrase is what might have been. Yeah. 
with someone like Joe Mason, I mean, we've said this many times, haven't we? Before we've said it a lot on, on the on the website, whatever. He could not have announced himself in a better way with that de- with that debut goal with his, with his first couple of touches. I yeah. think it was against Sheffield Wednesday back in back in September, which feels like an absolute age away now, doesn't it? Um, when Joe Mason made his first sort of appearance, but again, he was a player hampered by injury, illness, got that awful appendix yeah. appendix problem that put him in hospital, didn't it? In the end, and he was one of the, one of those players where the games against like Ipswich. Barn, it, the games it's with Ipswich Barnsley sorry where the chances are going begging and you just you, you want your striker in there and again Sean Scan as well showed flashes wasn't able to put a, a, a consistent run of games together and Conor Ripley as well well you know, we said didn't we that he did he, he did his job yeah. in keeping Stephen Bywater on his feet mm. now again you, you, you know you wonder how much of Bywater's in, uh, good form this season has been because of Ripley pushing him yeah. having someone to push him a little bit absolutely I think that sort of hit the nail on the head with that if uh, if 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 you look sort of at Ripley's loan spell and what he did that that was it you know obviously helped Burton into the third round of the Carabao Cup got a good outing at Old Trafford but, but ultimately early two league appearances because of Bywater's form um, and Scanlon and Mason as, as you say I, I suppose uh, what might have been fits in perfectly really you know I think about that performance from Sean Scanlon the first half against Sunderland I think it was when he was tearing past Brian Oviedo left right and centre uh, well mainly on the right because that's the flank he was on but um, you get what I mean and he was playing brilliantly and then his groin went and he came off just at the start of the second half um, and that sort of was his loan spell in, in a nutshell really um, so they were the three Loanies obviously to return to their clubs. We saw two players leave the, the club on permanent deals. Uh, Ryan Delaney was was the first one. Obviously, uh, you know, player we never actually saw in a Burton Albion shirt um, has gone to Rochdale on a two and a half year deal. Actually, just helped them into the to the fifth round of the FA Cup last night. Uh, got himself a time in Spurs. That's it exactly. Or Newport. Or, new, or Newport. Or, mate. or, or, or Newport. Oh, of course. Sorry. Admittedly, uh, by the time this goes up, the tie will have been that replays tonight. So you may well be right by that point but who knows time will tell um, yeah so he's gone obviously a case of I mean we wrote a piece the other day he sort of gave an interview saying it was one of those where he realised pretty quickly after returning that it was going to be tough for him to break into the first team um, and ultimately after that incredible load spell at Cork he wants to capitalise on that and fair play to him as well because some players he could have easily thought well I'm at a championship club I'll sit and I'll buy my time and I'll wait for my, my, my chance it might not arise but fair play to Ryan he sort of said he didn't want all his hard work of getting a team of a team of Ireland nomination. I think it was. I mean, what a, what a loan spell we said before. Yeah, yeah. What a loan spell it was. A, a league and cup double, um, lots of individual accolades, and he obviously thought, well, my stock's quite high. I'm going to now drop down to a division and and get, go to Rochdale, try and sort of um, get a bit of a, a run going there. And he said, didn't he? You know, he knew that he had to go. And, and fair play to him. He's gone. He's getting regular football. And again, he's played ninety minutes against knocked a championship team out of the FA Cup on uh, on Tuesday night. Now, um, yeah. Again, I mean, it was a real shame because we never really. He was never going to get past Jake Buxton, Kyle McFadden, Ben Turner, all these seasoned championship players. It, just, I think it was just a place of wrong place, it was a wrong tough, time. It would, it, yeah, it would have been a tough sort of environment to throw you to throw him into, wouldn't it? In, you know, sort of a relegation battle in the championship when he, he's never played. You, you think potentially he's one of those who either had they been relegated to League One last season or equally had he stayed with them and that had they gone down this season then, then he would have had a real part to play. But it, it would have been a, an interesting one to throw him into. As it is, he's in League One now with Rochdale and, and faring very well at early doors. The other player to leave on a permanent basis, one who certainly did make a fair few appearances for the Brewers, uh, Matt Palmer, obviously an academy graduate, came through the ranks with the club, helped them to the League 2 title, helped them to promotion uh, out of League 1 as well after a small spell at uh, Oldham, and then kept, helped them in the Championship last season and this. Um, 
he moved to Rotherham also in League One on a two and a half year deal for an undisclosed fee um, and and one of those ultimately um, a case of, of a new start for him I think is how Nigel Clough put it um, I mean a huge impact on the Brewers and, and um, over the years but but one again who will look to well his aim is, is to help Rotherham into into the championship I, I think they're sort of teetering on the, on the bring of the playoffs now aren't they so it was yeah, a, he's got just a good, outside I think got a real good chance of um, and I think Paul Warren said the other day didn't he Rotherham boss he was impressed with his with his debut we didn't, we didn't expect him to play that quickly actually but he was impressed with, with his debut and it's good to see Matty getting going somewhere where you know it's going to get a bit more of a run of games and more time I think in the end the deal just made good business sense for everyone involved didn't it because I think Matty's contract was running out Nigel Clough had sort of asked him and he, Nigel Clough said he didn't get a particularly encouraging response and I think it was one of those where Matty it just made good business sense to so get a fee for him in, in January and, and everyone's everyone's a winner aren't they so to speak that's it I mean you know Matty's obviously proven his, his quality at that level and, and I mean Obviously, did sort of in the championship as well, but but he needs to be playing. For, it's the cliche, but he needs to be playing first team football, and and obviously he was sort of out of the picture a little bit with the, with the Brewers for for various reasons, um, and it's obviously as you say, he's gone sort of straight into the side at Rotherham, and, and he'll look to sort of defend that place. Whereas I mean, I think his his last appearance was sort of December the the ninth, I think, before he left. So it had been sort of six weeks without him really making an appearance. Um, you don't know where where it had gone from there, but obviously they brought you know Davenport in as well now and 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 whatever. So um, as you say, it may be a, a sense that ultimately uh, a move should I say that ultimately made sense and, and an opportunity for him to to help a second team into the championship after having done it with with Burton. Um, the others, uh, a couple of, of players heading away as well. Ben Fox signed a new deal and then went straight up to Gateshead. Well, he's been he's made a flying start there. You know, Fox uh, scoring goals left, right, and centre too. I think in his first three or four games, uh, loads of man of the match awards left, right, and centre as well. Um, and then two other players to, to leave on loan deals: Matty Lund and Stephen Warnock uh, left to join Bradford, also in League One. Um, interesting one there. They've both since made their debuts there, but also since the move, Stuart McCall, the manager, has been sacked. Uh, Bradford, I think, on a losing run of six games at the minute. So we asked Nigel Cuff about that today, and he sort of said he's hopeful that that shouldn't sort of impact no. their, their 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 effect at uh, at Valley Parade. But obviously, it's an interesting one when one manager says, "Oh, I'd, I'd like you to come to the end of the season to give them more game time." Obviously, a benefit for every party, and then you're not quite sure where it's going to be. It's like, it's like he said, Nigel Clough said, didn't he? He said, "But they're good players." And they yeah, are, they're yeah, good yeah, players. Yeah. London, Warnock, they're both proven players at that level. Warnock, obviously, above and beyond. But at this point, um, Bradford have got a couple of very good players on their hands. But like you say, it's always it's always a tricky one, isn't it, really? Because, I mean, now they're sort of stuck there until May with a manager who hasn't hasn't signed them. That's not to say that he won't want to play them, because he might come in and say, quite rightly, we've got a couple of good players on our hands from a championship club, let's use them. But I can't help but think as a player, you must be thinking, well, the manager who backs me is left. He's signed me. He's left. What now? Sort of thing. You yeah. know, a bit of air of uncertainty. But I mean, they're again. They're another team that I think they were sixth place by the time the core got sacked. Oh yeah, it, yeah. That I Monday, mean, I think you know, it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they've you know they've they've been in the playoffs for for a while now. It's just okay. They've, they've had a bit of a slump, and, and I think there are teams below them with games in hand. But you know, they're still still in a very good position, and I'm sure that will have been part of the attraction for London Warnock again. Two more who want game time, who hadn't featured since November summer signings, who, who sort of started the season and then. For various reasons, ultimately the form of Tom Flanagan and, and others in central midfield, Luke Murphy, Tom Nailer, on Matty Lund's behalf, just kept them out of the team. Um, but obviously, we, we, we'll see sort of how things go for them. Bradford, as of yet, not appointed a new sort of permanent manager, and, and how those uh, those loan spells 
will go. Um, so that obviously was was the uh, was the January transfer window that shut last Wednesday. The night before that, um, the Brewers turned in arguably their poorest or certainly one of the poorest performances of the season, losing three one at home to Reading, um, as we say on Darren Bent's debut. But then four days later, they went to Villa Park, and while it was the same result or same outcome, another defeat three two. Um, polar opposites in terms of the emotions afterwards. The, a brilliant performance, stirring performance, positive performance. Liam Boyce. Of course, off the bench to, to make his debut. What a story that is, and, and score. So, I mean, heading into the Ipswich game this this weekend, sort of a, a bit of a weird feeling that you're it's a bit Jekyll and Hyde. It depends what Burton team turns up. The thing is, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, the performance on Saturday was was absolutely was 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 brilliant for, across across the park. You know, from I mean, Burton had really put Villa under pressure early on. The highlights won't show it, of course. But Lloyd Dyer and Lucas Aikens, I mean, I know it's true though. Lloyd Dyer and Lucas Aikens went close early on. They yeah, could yeah. have arguably been 2 0 up. Yeah, yeah. Should Aikens take a chance, which really, like we said before, Darren Bent or Liam Boyce in that situation, a bit more clinical player, that, the ball goes in the back of the net. But like you say, it's a much it's a much different mood around the camp today uh, at press at press and after the match on Saturday. And we've been here before, haven't we? You know, John Brayford said it himself. Let's. We need to stop lurching from run to from good run to bad run, good run to bad run. We've only got sixteen games left now, and we haven't got any more time to sort of go on a, a difficult run and then say, "Oh, we need to pick ourselves back up and go again." It, you know, you, you, this is it now. Yeah. You've you've got to just you've got to just eliminate any sort of inconsistency. Yeah, I mean, well, like you say, you're at a point as well where as brilliant as Saturday was. You're also running out of time to be able to, to to play well and not get the points and and still feel positive yeah. about it. Really, I mean, I think Saturday you definitely could do because of what had happened four days previously. Um, they needed anything to bounce back, and they certainly did, and they deserved at least a point from that game. I, I think it's hard to argue against that. But you're in a situation now where you're saying if you have another two or three games where they lose or don't pick up the points they deserve, but play well. You know, the gap maybe just starts to grow because Burton obviously at the moment bottom of the table and, and three points adrift. And it's a strange one because I'm pretty sure that um, anyone connected with the Brewers will take a performance that is nowhere near as good as Saturday, but three points at Portland Road. Oh, absolutely. So you end up in the situation yeah, where... Yeah, you take a bundled own goal in the 92nd minute <laughs> and, and, to win it 1-0, wouldn't you? Exactly, and that's, you know, you know we say it, do it to death, don't we, that this league can just throw absolutely anything on, on, any, given, on any given Saturday. Um, so to use the term but um, yeah you are at a point now where teams like Birmingham are picking up a couple of results so, I mean Hull have dropped into the bottom three for the first time this season um, as a result of their result on Saturday you just you just don't you don't know what's what's going to happen now you, you, you need to make sure that you, again this is why Reading and this is what's been fr- so frustrating that you've lost opportunities now to, to drag teams in there yeah, with you QPR as well exactly QPR you, you're ending up with, in, in a situation where you're going to you, you, a bit of a gap is creating now yeah. and that's, that's what we need to be a little bit more wary of positively though obviously that shot in the arm mentioned earlier Liam Boyce um, I think there was I mean there was genuine surprise when he was named on the bench against Reading on Tuesday night we knew he was close to a return Nigel Clifford suggested that he was sort of pencilled in for the Birmingham Senior Cup game next week uh, but he was on the bench against Reading and then we still were sort of thought well you know he's probably still a couple of weeks away but and then he came off the bench in the last 20 minutes at Villa Park and, and almost instantly, you know, you don't want to get carried away. And I spoke to, to Nick Fenton, the Brewers head physio, who said, you know, he's not out of the woods yet. There's still a long way to go in terms of building up game time and, and making sure there's no sort of secondary injuries. But as soon as he got on the ball, you could tell the way he held it up to bring others into play, playing on the shoulder and then 92nd minute, that, that classy finish past Sam Johnston. A suggestion of, OK, there's 16 games to go. 
he could still have a real sale this season. I mean, even when when we saw him named on the bench on Tuesday night, I remember you said it to me, didn't you, Josh? What would, you said to me, what would you do if I said if Darren Bent being named, making his debut wasn't the biggest story yeah. of the night? And I said, I don't know what what's what's happening with the team then. But I mean, just just seeing Liam Boyce out there warming up against Reading was great. Seeing him integrating him back into the match day routine, sitting on the bench, having the crack with yeah, the, not being the, in the, stands, the other subs yeah. out there training on the pitch, just getting used to it a little bit. So we all, we were sat there thinking. He's never going to play in a million years, is he? Let's be honest. He's just back, getting getting involved again, and then he gets named in the bench on Saturday again. No great surprises. But then when I mean, I think it was like the seventieth minute again. We'll come on to the injuries, but Ben Turner won a free withdrawal, wasn't he, mm. on the seventy-second minute for for Liam Boyce, and and just to see Liam standing there ready to come on. It, I mean, what must he have been going through his mind? I mean, to come on and score. Yeah. Never mind to come on and just have a little have a little twenty minute cameo appearance. Get your get the feelers back in there. You know, well, I mean, we spoke to him after the game, and he, he, you know, there was a smile on his face, understandably, you know, despite the result, because well, a Burton had played very very well, one of their best performances of the season in, in some ways, but b you know he was out there and he was scoring and he was back doing something that I'm sure, you know, when he found out that it was his ACL back at the start of August, he, he probably that seemed a, a long long way away, and in some ways it, it has been, but also to, to get back as quickly as he has been as he has done um, huge huge testament to sort of his determination um, in, in sort of his recovery and, and also I suppose the you know the, the, the quality that he possesses in terms of, of getting his head down and, and saying I, I want to fight and I want to keep Burton, Burton in the division um, sticking in the physio room and players who are currently in the physio room as, you, as, as Rich mentioned there three players taken off um, in the game against Aston Villa one of those will definitely miss Ipswich game. Tom Flanagan has, has, has picked up a calf injury, which is likely to keep him out for, for three to four weeks, according to Nigel Clough. That's obviously a blow, a player who's played pretty much every game, I think, since since mid-November it was when he sort of came back into the team um, for a second time. So he is out for three to four weeks. Ben Turner, um, also with a cough problem, he's a doubt for the weekend. Time will tell on, on his front. Luke Murphy, who required 12 stitches in a shin injury, uh, sort of a, a cut that opened on his shin after a foul on Saturday. He um, is, is likely to miss Saturday's game. And then, as we said, Darren Bent hopefully could be back. He's back in training. And Martin Samuelson should be over that bout of illness. Um, Obviously, though, you know we, we talked at the top of this podcast about the squad being streamlined, number, numbers down a little bit. When you when you see three players going off like that, and and potentially, you know, another two or three doubts for the weekend as well as Flanagan definitely being out, it does sort of make you think. Okay, they're going to have to be a little bit flexible with with how they line up potentially. And I think uh, Tuesday with, with uh, sorry, just Tuesday Saturday with the injuries that sort of uh, the way they happened, they did. It, it meant that they had to sort of. Like, I know Tom Naylor went to right back. John Braithwaite came across to left back. Again, you mentioned it earlier on. Um, Jacob Davenport played with four centre midfielders. It'd be, be, be rotated around so different positions that many times. And I think the annoying thing with Flanagan is the fact that he's not just been a cons- he's not just been a consistent starter. He's been one of the best players mm-hmm. over over the last month or so. And he's, like he's yeah, and he's added that attacking side to his game. You know, something that last season, as brilliant as a defender as he was. You know when he got upfield, sometimes the quality wasn't there. That has improved this season, and and he overlaps Lloyd Dyer more, and that in a way turns Lloyd Dyer on the left flank into more of a threat because suddenly defenders are having to. That's to think right. About both, when, Flan- when Flanagan makes you run it on the overlap, it's creating a space for Dyer to go in and attack, and 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 that's you wonder now, don't you? As well, does that mean does that create a, a, a chance for Nigel Clough to sort of does he have to rejig his formation now? Does he have to sort of put players in and out of position or whatever? And I think also with, with with Luke Murphy, I know that he was dropped to the bench on Saturday. He was an option to come on once um, once uh, Flanagan got um, yeah. and Flanagan got substituted, and Naylor had to go to right back. You end up with a situation there where you, 
you look at your bench now, don't you? If, if, yeah, um, yeah. if Tom Flanagan, he's definitely not playing on Saturday, if Luke Murphy doesn't play on, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at that bench thinking, well, where's the options? Where, where are you getting Where are you getting your centre mid? I mean, Jamie Allen, great, but... Yeah, and he, and he played brilliantly, I think, as well, Jamie Allen coming off the bench. But you're asking him to do a different Saturday. job in that situation, yeah. aren't you? I mean, again, I mean, what a great way to segue into the performance of Hope Akban on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, he was... He was I mean, he like a player transformed yeah. uh, from the times I've seen him before. Um, a couple of games stick in the memory where he just looked really low on confidence, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Well, Nigel Clough suggested that, you know he's going to get the run in the team now, which which he deserves. He, you know, made reference I think back to the Bristol City game in October where Akpan played and they drew nil nil, and he said he should have got a run after that, but he brought him out for tactical reasons and uh, and and that's maybe hindered his game. He's been playing bit parts. You know, hasn't always been performing. And, and it's difficult just to throw a player in and yeah. expect him to turn in a seven out of ten on on a, on a whim. Mm. And that's been that's that has been the problem with a couple of players this season is the fact that they've been asked to do a job where they've not played for a few games. Yeah, and that's I mean part part of that says down to injury, which doesn't seem to be going away at the minute. Although we will wait to see what the what the, sort of when the team sheets come out at uh, two p.m. on Saturday at Portman Road. Which brings us on to that game, finally, Rich. Um, I mean, both Nigel Clough and John Brayford said very, very similar things sort of when we asked them about Ipswich earlier. And that you, you almost Strangely don't, yeah, similar. Yeah, I mean, you don't seem to really know what Ipswich are going to get in a way. They sort of said you, they could one week go and beat Wolves and you wouldn't be surprised. And then the next week they, they might sort of struggle in their next game. So, I mean, time will, time will tell sort of how their form uh, sort of sees them into the weekend. They beat Sunderland last time out 2-0. Um I know they've got the, the big East Anglian derby up after the Burton game as well against Norwich, so I'm sure there'll they'll be sort of a little bit of an eye on that. But you know with the Mick McCarthy side, again, cliches, they'll be organised, they'll be hard to break down. Um, they've beaten Burton three times out of three in the Championship, and, and, and that says a lot in itself in that Burton just haven't quite yet been able to find a way to, to break Ipswich down. You hope that they'll play, continue what they did against Villa, because that at least will, will stretch Ipswich a little bit, which maybe they haven't done when they've met before. But I think also, like, like Nigel Clough said earlier, didn't he? He said that... Um, he expects that Burton's midfield won't see nearly half of the ball as um, mm. as we did on on Saturday against Villa, and that's going to be the key, isn't it? Because if if Burton can't get if you're playing playing a midf- if your midfield system is designed around having a lot of the ball and being able to release players, players like Darren Bent become isolated, then your strikers become isolated a little bit, and you just you wonder how Burton are going to combat that. But yeah, looking at looking at Ipswich's results here, I mean they'll go and be playoff chasing leads one one week. And then they'll go and beat Sunderland, and then they'll sort of um, they've gone and beat they've beaten Derby. They 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 can turn any result in any, on any given on any given Saturday, can't be? It's, it, they they just and like sort of said earlier, didn't they as well, Nigel Clough? But because they're not sort of in the hunt for the top six, or not sort of in the hunt for the yeah, they're one they're one of very few sides at the moment who yeah, they're not playing any pressure. There's no, nothing riding on their on their season, so the players can just go out and play freely. Whether whether that's because they're looking, they want a new deal with the club or a deal somewhere else. Mm. They're, they're in quite a strange situation, aren't they? And I think obviously they've got after Burton, they've got the East Anglia derby coming up. Yeah, so exactly that might that. give a little bit of incentive it, to, uh, and that always seems to happen to Burton. It always seems to be a bigger game coming up. Always seems to be something riding on it. Yeah, well, there's certainly something riding on it for for Burton, as you say. I mean, Nigel Clough also suggested that they do a bit of luck against uh, against Ipswich because I mean, he sort of referenced the three other games they lost two 0 at Portman Road last season when they were. I mean, they were by you know by a long way the better side in the first half Lloyd Dyer missed a couple of chances Lucas Aikens missed a one-on-one I think John Brayford missed a good chance as well if I remember rightly then uh, at the Pirelli last season to be fair they, they, were, they weren't they were great in that game they lost 2-1 and then that was the same result at the Pirelli this season when 
they should have put the game to bed. They didn't. It was 1-0. Then Martin Waghorn equalised and then Bursant Cellini came off the bench and curled home that free kick. And I think that's what Nigel Clough means is, you know, a lot of those games have, have gone against Burton when they've played Ipswich when maybe they deserve more. As you mentioned earlier, they would happily take a game where they play shockingly badly and win the game 1-0 in the last minute. And I think all I remember that game for at Pirelli was uh, when Bartosz Bialkowski was ki- taking his goal kicks and the ball was just hanging in the air for a couple of seconds and then just coming straight yeah, back yeah. down on, 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 on the edge of his D. Yeah. Then, yeah well, they, to be fair, Burton needed to kill it off first half I think then didn't they and they were only 1-0 up oh no it was actually 0-0 I think Ben Turner scored after half time and then that was one of those games wasn't it where I think I just about erased it from my memory until we started talking about it this morning they've had a few they've had a few of them this season hopefully there won't be a repeat on Saturday we'll uh, of course be at Portman Road bringing you all the action Uh, the live blog will be up from 1 o'clock so follow all the build up the team news we'll be interesting to sort of see who features in that um, and then uh, of course all the reaction and uh, the live match coverage from Portman Road where we'll see if Burton Albion can end a four game losing run and try and break out of the championship relegation zone we'll be back next week with another Brewers talk uh, so please if you've got any questions or any points you want to make or you want to get involved get sorry to interrupt Josh but uh, oh. I actually did have a question that's a oh. good point <laughs> Derek Wainwright <laughs> nice and slick <laughs> Derek, Derek Wainwright asks says, how has Boyce recovered since Saturday no ill effects now I think we've more or less answered that haven't we But by saying that it, Nigel Clough expects Boyce he'll be on the bench again um, it's all about managing we've put in a piece up on site tomorrow but it's all about managing his yeah. recovery isn't it from the injury yeah, I just I mean, wanted I, to put that I just wanted to answer no, Derek's question before we get accused no, of not answering any questions yeah. <laughs> me plugging for questions and we don't even answer the one we get um, yes I mean like like you say I think he's he's prob- likely at least another two or three games away from starting because let's face it he's played 20 minutes since, since July Um but given the showing they got, I mean, Nigel Clough said almost it's it's an ideal way of saying right, we'll throw him on for the last twenty minutes. That's a good way of him just dipping his toe in and, and getting up getting up to full speed. Um, and then who knows, sort of two or three games down the line, we might start seeing him for for a longer period. But obviously, Darren Bent is another striker at the moment who you think might might struggle to last ninety minutes. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe on Saturday we might see sort of a light for light. Darren Bent play for sixty five minutes and then and then Boyce on for the last twenty five. If you said that was going to happen um, three or four weeks yeah. ago, then I would have said you were on a different planet, mate. This is it, isn't it? <laughs> it's, uh, it's the world of Burton Albion. We'll see how they get on anyway at Portman Road. I won't do all the outro again uh, to bore you all with the details, but obviously burtonmail.co.uk/sport uh, uh, for all your Burton Albion news from us. We'll be back next week with the next Brewers talk. Thanks for joining. <laughs>